right, we are back with a brand new episode of Ballers in the Bay Beyond the Sideline. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing a Tampa native. He played at Tampa Catholic, graduated year 1999. He was a baseball and football player there. He went on to pursue a football career at the University of Auburn, where he started three years at wide receiver from 01, 02, and 03, and then eventually got drafted by the Kansas City Chiefs. We have our coach, Jerris McIntyre. Online, how you doing today, Coach? Man, I'm doing good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Coach. Again, I want to thank you for giving me time to sit down and interview you, and I appreciate that. Yeah, for sure, man. I'm uh, I'm glad to be on. I appreciate you getting me on today. Yes, sir. So before I get started, Coach, you want to give out any of your social media handles so that way anybody listening can follow you? Yeah, yeah. My uh, <clears throat> Twitter is uh, at Jaris McIntyre, J-E-R-I-S. M C I N T Y R E at Jarris McIntyre. Um, so that, you know, that's my main main line of social media. Obviously, you know, Facebook is, is my name, and so is, so is my Instagram. So those are my main three lines of social media. If you uh, are interested in following, go go you know go make a follow. Yes, um, sir. Yep. All right. So, coach, the first question I always ask is, what got you into sports in general? Well, man, my, my father was a uh, was a football player. He played for Auburn and, and with Dallas Cowboys, Atlanta Falcons for a little bit. So, you know, I kind of always was wanted to get into sports. And, you know, knowing my you know, uncles and aunts and my mother always telling me, you know, how good my dad was back in the day or whatnot. So um, playing football and getting into sports in general was something that I always wanted to do. My father didn't let me play football right away. So that's kind of how I got into baseball early on. Yes, sir. So... Leading into that, that'll help us with the next question, saying what got you into football? I know you said you want to live up, well, seeing your father play. Is that the main reason why you played football? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, growing up in Florida and being around some of my friends when I was younger in elementary school, that helped. But, you know, my father hadn't been playing at Auburn and, and, and had a chance in the NFL. And, and knowing that kind of pushed me to want to really, really play football. Um, you know, it was always my first love, but he wouldn't let me play <clears throat> until I was, I think it was 100 pounds. He was always like, he, he took a beating at running back, and and he didn't want me to take a beating in the game of football, so he made me weigh 100 pounds, and as soon as I was 100 pounds, I was able to start playing. But up until then, I was able to play, you know, baseball and, and do taekwondo and things of that nature so, until he was ready to let me play, to play football. So that's how I got into the to sports in general. Yes, sir. So being that you were a late bloomer at football, what attracted you as a player to attend Tampa Catholic High School? And how did you eventually make that decision that, all right, I'm going to give up baseball, which I started off playing and focus on football instead? Well, I played them all. I played them both all the way through high school. Um, I think Tampa Catholic had just come off a state championship. I actually in baseball and then football, they, they had... Uh, you know, they were rolling, obviously, with, with Kenny Kelly and Daryl Jackson and some of those guys. And, and, and I was really close friends with Daryl Jackson's younger brother, twin brother, Dwayne Dwight Jackson. And um, we were all at Ben Hill, actually, middle school. And that was another school that Daryl went to. So it kind of went hand in hand, um, knowing that it was a good opportunity uh, with, with the education and instruction environment, with them having a good baseball team coming off a of state championship. With um, having seen Daryl and his success and him getting highly recruited and breaking national records, um, it, it, you know, obviously Coach Lewis, uh, rest in peace, Coach Lewis, David Lewis, he was one, of, you know, uh, of the coaches that were that were on the staff that kind of was out of the community. Obviously, he was a former Buccaneer and, and was trying to. <clears throat> 
help kids get into Tampa Catholic and kind of preach the opportunities that you could have a Tampa Catholic if you if you did what you were supposed to do. So a mixture of all that and wanted to be in the structured environment. My parents kind of wanted me to focus in on my <laughs> academics. I think a lot of that, well, most of that, you know, with with all those things combined, were were the reason why we, you know they felt and I felt Tampa Catholic was probably uh, the best fit for me going. Going into high school, um, you know, I was on for a couple of different schools. And, you know, Sickles had just came open, and and uh, Gaither and Chamberlain, and you know, I some people I knew played at Hillsboro. So there, there were other opportunities and options, but but I think you know when it came down to it, my parents wanted me to be in a private school in the, in, in the structured environment to where I could focus. Yes, sir. Well, it turned out to be a great decision for you. Um, yes, sir. What was playing at Tampa Catholic like? Like you said, you follow some great players and some of the great times at Tampa Catholic where Daryl Jackson was there. He was an all-time great, as well as Kenny Kelly. So what was that experience like for you guys coming in, and now you guys have to maintain or elevate the success they had? Yeah, it was, uh, it was fun. I mean, I really enjoyed it. It helped me. Uh, take my game to the next level. Had always basically been a running back. Got there, and I was put on the other side of Daryl Jackson as a Z receiver. And, and, and I kind of, I think I learned how to catch then, catching them bullets from Kenny Kelly. So um, it helped me adapt and adjust. I, I, I adapted and adjusted, and, and had to you know elevate my game. Obviously, to be playing with some guys like that. And um, once they left, I just want to continue what Tampa Catholic had built from, you know, from when it even started in the, you know, 60s, 70s, 80s, up through the 90s. So I, I just kind of wanted to keep that thing rolling and, and be the next in line of, of the big name, athlete, you know, student athletes that came out of that school. Yes, sir. So your playing career takes off. You get all these offers from all around the world, all around the country, and you end up going to the Auburn University, which is the alma mater of your father and your mother. What was that experience like being able to attend the same college as your parents and not only attend but thrive while you were there? Yeah, it was a blessing. Uh, it was a dream come true, to be completely honest. Like, I grew up in Florida. I, I did like the Gators. I liked the U. Um, but Auburn was where I always kind of wanted to go. Um, you know, my dad was there. He ended up leaving Auburn as an all-time lead rusher before Bo Jackson and others came came along. But it was always a dream to go play for Auburn. So, so being able to go there and play and, and be successful and end up being a team captain and get, and get drafted from there and making plays um, in the SEC, man, it, it was a dream come true, to be honest. And uh, looking back at it, I know other places I could have went and, and maybe caught more passes and things of that nature, but I just feel like going to Auburn was always a dream. And I got to fulfill a dream and, and, and get an opportunity to go to the next level from there. So, um, it was great, man. It was great. You know, all people, the, the older fans that remember my dad were kind of like, I remember when your dad plays. And you, I got that for four years while I was there. I remember when your dad was here. I remember when your dad was here. So, it was kind of, it was, it, it was interesting. It was fun. It was a really, really, really great experience. And, you know, I'm still Auburn to the core. So, you know, it's just where you go all day, every day. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. I can imagine being able to go in there and not only fulfill those shoes, but creating your own legacy. That that means a lot. So yeah. you leave Auburn, you're drafted by the Kansas City Chiefs. You also get experience, the unique experience of playing in the NFL Europe and the CFL. How did that shape your life after football, being exposed to so many different cultures with football often being the only thing you have in common with those around you? Yeah, um, it, it, it helps. I mean, it was 
like I said, those, those were, were great times being able to be drafted by Dick Vermeil and, and playing in the Kansas City Chiefs organization uh, with some Hall of Famers like Willie Rolfe and Will Shields and, you know, the X Factor, Dante Hall and Priest Hall. I mean, the list goes on and on of the guys that uh, I was able to be around and play and the coaches I was able to be around and just, you know, I was transform, you know going over to Europe and seeing that and playing in that league and that was really fun. I was actually with the Ryan Fire. It, it was it was a blast in the off season of uh, of my rookie year in Kansas City and then getting to go to, to Canada and the CFL in Toronto. Um, I just think in all those places, you know, I learned something different. I, I met different people. Um, the cultures were all different. You know, some some a little more laid back, some a little more you know strict and and, and I guess structured. But at the end of the day, you know, they're all we're all successful in all the places. And, um, you know, just looking back at it, it, it was just a blessing to be able to be able to play all, all over the world, to be honest, you know, over in Europe and another country, Canada, and, and being in Kansas City. So, like, like I always keep saying, it's, it was a blessing. And I, and I, you know, look back at it, and sometimes I kind of reminisce at the people I was able to meet, um, the coaches I was able to learn from and try to use that in my everyday, in my everyday uh, coaching life with these, with these young kids in this generation. Yes, sir. So you got to experience all these different cultures, travel to these different cities. What eventually is going to lead you back to Tampa and eventually get you into coaching? Yeah, I think Tampa is home. Um, I was born and raised here and, and, you know, ventured off, obviously, when I went to college and played professional ball. But but Tampa has always been home. My mom, dad, my sisters are here. So my immediate family it was here or is here. And uh, I just say, hey, you know, come back to the crib, you know, come back to the crib and, and you know, live my life and, and and retire Tampa, Florida, where I was born and raised. So that that you know, obviously Tampa is Tampa. Um, you know, it's, it's hot right now, but you can't out <laughs> of beat you know the beaches and and everything else that we have here in, in Tampa, Florida. Yes, sir. So, Coach, what got you eventually into coaching? I know you started off at the youth level. What was your philosophy like as a youth coach, and what impact did you want to have on those kids? I'm gonna be honest, man. I, I never even thought about coaching, to be completely honest. And I had a, I had a buddy of mine named Dewey Paxson. Shout out to Dewey. He's uh, he's still out at the uh, I won't say the West Chase Coast, but he just said, "Hey, man, I'm an AD at the Town of Country Vikings. Uh, I got a spot open for my varsity level. Um, you play ball, you know ball. Come out here and coach." So I was like, "Man, being a coach, like I, you know, I don't know nothing anything about being a coach." But uh, one of my good friends, Errol Hunter. Uh, he, you know, he said he'll come coach with me, and he called. He was a D coordinator. I was office coordinator, head coach, and, and we we went out there and kind of winged it. And I, and I think as time went on, we learned, um, you know, how to how to adapt, you know, to these kids. Had a philosophy of kind of like no nonsense, but we still going, you know, love the kids and be able to relate to them and talk to them. And if they, have, you know, they have problems. Um, off the field and, and, and you know, just kind of help them mature and, and <clears throat> grow up at that age as fast as they can because, you know, both, most of them are 8th graders, some ninth graders. So just being able to kind of have them mature, have them focus so if they want to play in high school and beyond, they would be ready. And I think that's kind of why I picked that level and I was able to say, hey, I'll do this at this level because I wanted to be able to benefit them so when it was time to hit high school, that they were somewhat ready for, you know, they haven't been coached by us. So and it, it was pretty, you know, it was pretty effective because we had a lot of kids that we were able to coach at that level to go on and play high school ball at you know, all, all the different high schools in the area. Too. So um, 
philosophy to answer the question. It was just kind of helping them mature as, as fast as possible to be young men on and off the field. And if they wanted to play football at the next level, which would be high school level at that point, that they were prepared already. Yes, sir. Like you said, it starts with the mindset first and then the football comes later. So I love that. Yeah. Yes, sir. So you, you're back at Tampa, you're coaching youth league, you're assistant at Tampa Catholic. Now you return home and you end up taking over your alma mater, which I believe is a dream for most coaches. How did that feel once you transitioned from being assistant coach to the head coach of a school where you not only played, but you dominated at? Yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was quite interesting. I mean, it wasn't, uh, one of those deals where it was planned. I think, uh, previous head coach, I got, got a college opportunity late, late, late in the summer. Um, and, and I was the assistant who had a lot of connections with the kids because, you know, I had been, had been assistant for a couple of years prior and I was, you know, as my alma mater and kind of, I was unsure if I really, really wanted to take it at the time because I hadn't been an assistant for that long at the high school level. But it was just hard to really turn down that opportunity to become the head coach at my alma mater. So I did it. Um, I had a lot of help from from some others that, that were already on staff that had been head coaches before, things of that nature. So it was pretty exciting. Um, it was it was tough just just initially with it being so late in the summer. I just had to kind of figure it out very, very, very quickly, you know, what to do and how I wanted to implement the things I wanted to implement and, and the philosophy and the attitude and the culture. So obviously stuff like that takes time, but I was excited about it and, and I'm still excited to be there and, and, and helping these kids strive to be great. Yes, sir. So that kind of helps with the next question. You, you're head coach now, you're a hometown hero. You played in the NFL. So, you know, that's going to bring high expectations and pressure from the community, from the players, from the fans. Did you have a plan on how you were going to rebuild Tampa Catholic and how you were going to maintain the expectations that you had as a coach? Also with the realities of, yeah, this is my first time coaching, so I know I'm going to be learning as well. Yeah, I, I tried to allow, you know, expectations for me really was just to get better every day, to be real. I know it sounds cliche, but to get better every day and learn every day and listen to to, to the ones that have been there or have done this before and just kind of put my, you know, put my sauce on, on, on what I wanted to do and how I wanted to do it. So I didn't really look at the expectation. I was just looking at, hey, the kids that I got, coach them to the best of their ability, continue to get smart, um, athletic kids that want to be really good and, you know, just keep working and, and go day by day and really not looking at the expectations because, you know, when you look at that, it's like you forget, hey, we got to put the work in. Like, regardless of what the expectations and what people want or what they think, we got to we gotta work. We got to come work. And because if you don't come work every day, you're not humble, you're not focused or attention to detail, you're never going to reach those expectations. So, you know, so for me, it was just kind of like, let's just work every day, continue to build, coach the kids that we have, continue to get. Um, smart, athletic kids that want to, that hard-nosed kids that want to be great, and and we will meet them, meet the expectations. Yes, sir, I love it. There's a quote that we use that says, the only time you see results before work is in the dictionary. So, like you said, if you don't put that work in, everything else is just a dream. Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. Yes, sir. So, what does a Tampa Catholic practice look like under head coach Jarris McIntyre. So you're out there. What are the things you want to get accomplished every day in practice? 
really just attention to detail, hard work, um, um, effort. Yeah, um, you know, I know a lot of a lot of times in these days, man, you gotta you gotta kind of push your buttons to make them uh, bring the energy day by day. So, so it, it just kind of depends on the day. But obviously, attention to detail, hard work, dedication. You know, like in the season, obviously. We want to, you know, practice special teams because those are very, very important. Um, situational football, down a distance, all, all the things that when it comes to crunch time or it's a close game, I think for the most part, and I kind of learned this or heard this from Bill Belichick, like in those situations, you want to be prepared. Um, you know, it's the fourth quarter, you need to block punt. You want to have that, that block punt that you've been working on all week or – if it's third and 15 and you need to stop, you want to be prepared in that situation. Hey, we know what defense we want to be in on third and 15 in the fourth quarter and we need to stop. Or, or if we're on the goal line, a two-yard line, on the left hash, you know, we want to have a play that, hey, we know we're going to try to get in the end zone um, on this particular play and we only got one play. So a lot of those things, attention to detail, situational football, uh, you'll see if you were, you know, a Tampa Catholic practice um, and I just want to, as a head coach, want to continue to work on getting better at that because I think that's an underrated part of coaching when it comes to this level and beyond is kind of knowing when you're in situations or, or, or tight games what you know what you want to what you need to be successful and having those kids ready to be successful. So um, we go hard in practice. We and I want to continue to keep that up because I think. That uh, kind of shapes the mode of your football team. If you have the fast, physical, tough practices, then that's how you can play football on Friday night. Yes, sir. If you're being consistent with it in the practice, it's going to be a lot easier to keep that consistency come game day instead of trying to turn that on. So I definitely agree with that, Coach. So one of the fallacies people have is that when you coach at a private school, you get the benefit of getting whatever kids you want to because you don't normally have the, tra- the traditional boundaries that public schools have but what are some of the challenges you face because we all know that just because a kid may be able to get in here they may not be the best fit for us so what are some challenges you've run into and had to overcome being a private school coach um i don't know if you'll call them challenges but i do know you know getting into a private school you gotta obviously be a a pretty good student um not to say that you don't at a public school or school of choice and things of that nature but i do know we have requirements um, for incoming freshmen. There's an interest exam that they got to pass or, or do well on. If you don't, you're probably not going to get in. Um, as a student that's looking to transfer, you can't have a you can't have a two o, you can't have a two one. You got to be a pretty high student. So, so with that being said, I think yes, we can get players. We don't have boundaries, but at the same time, um, you got to be a pretty good student. Uh, to, to get into get into a lot of these private schools and uh, it's not free. So so those are some of the things that uh, I don't want to say a challenge, but those are some of the things that people can overlook. The, yeah, they can overlook and think, you know, you get it. No, you can't get anybody. This, you know, kid's got to be a smart kid and it's got to match because they got to financially, financially be able to do it as well. So that's kind of you know, uh, um, some of the things that, that people don't look at from the outside and when it's 
talking about coming to a private school or getting into a private school. Whereas uh, most public schools, or I'm, saying, I'm sure all public schools, that's why they're public, you don't got to pay. And um, if you're in the zone or if you're a school of choice, you probably don't. Maybe you have to have decent grades, but uh, but um, but maybe not the, the high the level or the high level of grades that it requires to get into some of these private schools. So, I mean, give or take, it is what it is. Um, there's challenges everywhere, public and private. So I kind of like try to stay out of it. But but I, those are just some of the challenges that I know um, kid. Some of the things that could be challenges at private schools. Yes, sir. I understand. Like, yeah, so those yeah. are some of the things that those who are accustomed to it may overlook and not realize that, like you said, we, we need a special type of student to be here that this student can't, the normal student may not thrive in this environment, and that's okay, but kids yeah. we need are for us. And I do know, and I do know, trust me, I do know, because I know a lot of high school, public school coaches, they have challenges as well. They, and there could be even more than what than a couple of things that I just said. So I feel like we all deal with challenges. I just know... I want to put it out there for the ones who think that, you know, the private schools have this, 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 and that, you know, it, it's, it's still, there still are challenges yes, on sir. our end. So you just keep it at that. There's still work to be done. Yeah, 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 yes, for sir. sure. So you just had your most successful season on the field this past year going 9-2. You guys beat Jesuit for the first time in over two decades. What was that experience like for your program as well as for you as a coach? Yeah, that was a great night. That was a great night. Um, obviously, you know, we know they, they were coming off of uh, a title. Um, great program. Hard, you know, but, you know, they're just really, really good program. They come off state title and uh, we're just, that night we played well, we played hard, we didn't give up, and it was it was a great night. It was not for everybody, for the whole TC family to remember forever because it had been for, you know, so, so long um, that we, you know, that, that is, we had beaten them. That night was just great. No block punt, great plays, good defense, critical first downs when we needed them. It was just a, it was just a great night for for TC football. And I'm just excited. I was still excited to this day about that one. The new season's about to start, so we got to put that behind us. But I don't think that one will ever go behind us. Oh no, I understand, Coach. I think me and you both became head coaches around the same time, so I know like that has to be a, a thrilling. Satisfa- satisfaction for you for you see all these kids come through that you've built up and they're able to accomplish that so yeah 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 and, they, and a lot of them stuck it through man a lot of them stuck it through you know in the days of, of guys wanting to hit the portal or look for other options man there was a lot of guys some hard-nosed dudes Baraka Andrews Lewis Carters of the world like that stuck with me through for four years and were able to kind of see it um having gone through the struggle and, and, and were able to see that that moment it was uh, it's one you'll never forget. Yes, sir. So coming into the 2023-2024 season on paper, this looks to be the best roster that you've had since you've become the head coach. Um, what are some of your expectations going into this upcoming season as far as what are things you, you want your team to focus on, if you don't mind sharing with us? Yeah, yeah no, I mean, like, I, it's similar to what I said in, in one of the earlier questions. Really, we, you know, starting fast, being physical, being disciplined, all the cliche things, you know, you know, talent, roster, that's fine and dandy, but it's going to come from the senior leadership. It's going to come from myself implementing what we need to do and our staff as a whole um, doing what we need to do to be the best that we could be. Um, to answer your question, obviously every Friday night we want to go out, play hard, dominate. 
and try to win every game. Um, like, I you know, I don't, I don't, you don't put any kind of uh, the expectations or or we want to do this or we want to go there. Like we literally, literally every Friday night want to go out and try to win and win. Um, and then that's starting from week zero all the way on. Um, you know, I know we play some tough teams. We're looking forward to playing some of these games or all, all of these games, obviously. Um, it's going to be, you know, some of them going to be a challenge. Some of them might not be a challenge. But but I think at the end of the day, we got to come out with the mindset every Friday night that we're going to be the best that we can be and, and play as a team and be disciplined. So, I mean, you know, I'm just excited to kind of see what we can do when we put it all together. And I look forward to it, man. I, I've got a good group of kids, good group of seniors, some underclassmen. Uh, great coaches. So I just look forward to putting it all together and working hard to see what we can do this year. Yes, sir. You kind of answered my next question, but I'll see if you want to go in depth any further. But it's Friday night. We're moments away from kickoff. What does a team, a Tampa Catholic Crusader team led by Coach Jarvis McIntyre look like for these next two and a half hours? What are your expectations regardless of opponents? We're going to get this, this, and this done. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, we, we, I mean, obviously we want to come out with energy. Come out with energy as always. Uh, play fast, physical. I know, you know, in today's day and age, everybody want to throw the ball around. I like to be, you know, the, the physical, hard-nosed football. You know, early in the year, you got these rainy games, these muddy games, you got to be able to run football. Obviously, as time goes on and it gets a little cooler and the rain starts going away, you can sling it around a little bit and have some fun and, and play the pretty ball. But, but you know, we want to be hard-nosed, physical, downhill, play tough defense and great special teams. Um, we do have outstanding quarterback, I think. That that's committed to firm and straight heading that can sling it around to some of these weapons that we have. So uh, obviously we'll be we'll be a balanced or want to be a balanced offense. But 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 for the most part, I want to you know be hard nosed physical football on both sides of the ball with, with, with good special teams. Yes, sir. I love. It. I think it was the 49ers coach, but he talked about like he said, like yeah, we could throw it, but being physical and running the ball sets a presence for your team. And it sets a presence for the opposing team, knowing that this is what we do. So you got to deal with this regardless of what's going on. You know we're going to be physical, and that kind of helps with your mindset. It helps you. It helps your mindset, and that's how you got to practice. Similar to what you asked earlier, that's how you got to practice. You got to practice knowing, okay, defense, we're going to run the ball. But if we play a team similar to us that's going to run, it's going to be tough. We got to be able to stop it. So yes, if you sir. see it, it's going to help the whole team. So, um, yeah, man, that, 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 you know, that's kind of what, uh, our team focus and, and, and mindset is uh, when that goes back to back in my college days that that's how we were at Auburn, you know, with with the with the backs that we had and we played hard and we threw it around and they made plays. But I just know that physical football sets a mind, you know, sets the team and gives the team a mindset of how we're gonna be. Yes, sir. So this is my last question. The last question for you, Coach. We always ask. Are there any players that we should be aware of going into this upcoming season? I know you may not be able to list them all, but anybody you want to shout out, we're perfectly fine with. Uh, man, just all the boys, man, really. They've been working hard this summer. Um, so I just want to shout out the whole Tampa Catholic Crusader football team, uh, community, my coaches, everybody. Look forward to, 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 you know, to a really, really good season, great season. But it starts shoot, back up on Monday, so – um, whatever expectations are, whatever it is, it's not gonna matter. Until we start up on you know Monday to keep continue to working out and uh, get ready for fall camps. So I just want to shout out my whole football team and all the boys that've been there working hard. Yes, sir. Everybody plays a role, so I definitely understand that. Well, coach, 
I want to say thank you again for allowing me the time to interview and learn more about the Tampa Catholic program. Um, I want to wish you the best of luck and maybe sometime throughout the season I'll be able to sit down with you and get a progress report. But thank you for everything, Coach. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. Yes, sir.